0: I don't see how you can hate from outside of the club. club. You can't even get in. in. <laughs> Leg out. Yellow model cheat. Yellow bottle sipping. Yellow Lamborghini. Yellow top missing. Yeah, yeah. That shit look like a toupee. I get what you get in 10 years, in two days. Ladies love me. I'm on my cool J. If you get what I get, what would you say? TFA look at me
1: now. what is going on? Thank you guys for joining us for another TFA show. I am Cody Clither, aka El Coderino, aka Johnny Hedge Life. Joined as always with my guy, my P.I.C., the CEO of TFA, you might say, and that is Sir Kevin Steele. Tonight we're taking an early look at uh, at some breakouts for 2021. Starting to you know switch up the content a little bit as we start to get closer to the draft, which means we're getting closer to redraft season. Going to start throwing some more of that stuff at you guys. So going to kick things off there, man. Kev, how you doing? And then we'll uh, we'll jump into it. What's up? What's happening?
2: Doing well. Doing well. We're almost to NFL draft. Finally. Uh-huh. Finally. Oh, we can stop the the hypotheticals. The you know the the BMI, all, all the other bullshit that's going on right now. All the hype. So finally, almost here. And then we can. Then we got a lot more stuff to break down. Yes,
1: I'm. I'm excited to have something. Something new to talk about. Like you said, like actual fits, landing spots draft capital uh in case you guys have not heard we are going live again this year i know there's going to be uh be a lot more competition this year than there was last year it seems like everybody is doing a a draft show but we're going to be going live for the whole round one and day two we'll be live for the entirety of day two as well so make sure you carve out some time to check us out here hit us with that subscribe if you're not yet subscribed give us that like drop a comment Help us out. We we really do appreciate it. We hit that one thousand sub plateau, and we're uh, we're we're just gonna keep climbing. Just keep grinding it out. So, like I said, talking early breakouts, uh, Kev. I believe you're first guy. I'm excited to to hear more about this because he does have a thirteen hundred yard uh, scrimmage. Yeah, thirteen hundred yards from scrimmage under his belt already. You know, and you're you're calling for the breakout. So uh, tell talk to us about your first guy here and why you're, uh, you're calling him a breakout for 2021.
2: Yeah, let's talk about Miles motherfucking Sanders, right? I know a lot of people are soured on Miles Sanders and, oh, you're not going to get me to fall for this again. But all being told, Miles Sanders didn't have a terrible year last year. He just didn't hit expectation, which will kind of be the theme of the first two guys I talk about. But Miles Sanders, he played in 12 games last year. He averaged about 14 carries per game, four targets per game. Really solid for any running back that you might own. He had a, fi- a 52 total targets, 871 rushing yards, 197 receiving yards, six touchdowns, only averaged about 14 fantasy points per game, which is about 18th. But there was some some really good things to look at as well. He was seventh in routes run, uh, which is uh, one very good indicator for uh, you know a running back, 62.9% route participation, 5.6 yards per touch, which was eighth. He was 19th in evaded tackles. Fourteenth in yards created, but one point six seven yards created per touch, which was tenth, and he was eighth in avoided tackles per attempt. But if you look at his, if you look at the season, I mean he he wasn't terrible. I mean he was RB seventeen through weeks one through five, but then he was. R- He was RB 14 from weeks 10 through 16. And over that span, he was eighth in yards created per touch, eighth in avoided tackles per attempt, and eighth in fantasy points per touch. So uh, he really started to take off a little bit in the second half. Um, He had four RB one weeks and three RB two weeks. So in 12 weeks, not terrible. But a lot of people are are not valuing him right now. You look in early best balls and stuff like that. He's going like RB 18, RB 19 around third, you know, late third, early fourth round. And that is a terrific value for somebody like him. And I think that with Jalen Hurts for a full season, getting this offense of linebacker, I think will be huge and I think they will definitely add another playmaker in this offense I think will really open things up for Miles Sanders so I absolutely love Miles Sanders this year and if he's going to be valued at RB 17-18 uh, that is tremendous value for him and I think that he can finally break out in this offense with Jalen Hurts because I think this offense takes a, a, a giant step forward this year from what they were last year
1: Yeah, just by having everybody healthy I think will be a, will be a huge boost for them. Uh, I just pulled up Best Ball 10's ADP and over the last two weeks, Sanders is sitting at RB 17 and has an ADP of 28.88. So you're talking about getting him in the uh, you know beginning of the third round, which is really nice value. I'm going to stick with the Eagles here. You know what what could go wrong with uh, with doubling down on the Eagles offense after the uh, after the dumpster fire they had last year? But I'm going back to the well. This is somebody that we talked about last year. I am all aboard the Rager train, Jalen Rager. I, I never left. I, I've been sitting in the station the whole time. They tried to—they tried to pull me out. They tried to take my ticket. I said, "No, sir. I'm holding on strong." Uh, you know, for this—this this is like you were mentioning already with with the Eagles. This is someone who were t- uh, that we're expecting that they add another playmaker to the offense. I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing for Rager at all. I know there's been talk about some, you know, Jalen Waddle. I think they kind of, you know, I think they would eat into each other a little bit since since they're, you know, somewhat similar kind of players. But like I said, I'm I'm still going to sit here and pound the table for him. I mean, as of right now, he is their wide receiver one in best ball drafts. You're looking at getting him in the middle of the 10th round. So even if they add somebody, it's not like his ADP is going to go up. So you're still looking at getting this guy super late. He's going to be a huge value in your drafts. I know last year was was disappointing for him. He had the shoulder injury during training camp. You know, tracking down someone, uh, a, a picked uh, and an interception during one of their practices in training camp, and then he had the I think thumb injury in the middle of the season and missed games. Then you're talking about even before that, all the COVID stuff that was going on. So it was just a really weird year for a lot of these rookies. You know, uh, we're going to be talking about a lot of year two guys here. But just to give you a reminder, uh, you know, part of the reason why we were so high on him, you're looking at a guy who had a 74th percentile speed score, 98th percentile burst score, 72nd percentile college dominator, and he had a 96th percentile breakout age. Uh, their, their new coach, Nick Sirianni, has talked about, you know, wanting to put an emphasis on getting the ball in their playmaker's hands in space. And that is right up Jalen Rager's alley. So all aboard that Rager train. Choo-choo, here we go.
2: Yeah, I I think a lot of people have written him off, right? I mean, um, and think that he's a bum. Like, I I don't think he's going to be the alpha wide receiver that we thought where we were hoping he was going to be, but I still think that he could definitely be a solid, solid wide receiver, too, for them. All signs point to them drafting somebody like uh, Jamar Chase or, you know, Jalen Waddell, uh well, I guess not uh, Jamar Chase now with uh, where they're picking, but I definitely think that you could probably look at Jalen Waddle or even Devontae Smith for somebody that they look to take early, right. in the, you know, with the first round pick.
1: Yep, absolutely. And like I said, I don't like there are few true alpha, legit wide receiver ones that that are left. So I think you know as we're talking about him, like maybe not being that true alpha, that's not necessarily a bad thing. Like that defense still isn't great, so there's going to be plenty of uh, plenty of volume. To go around for Rager, so who's uh, who's numero dos on your list?
2: Yeah, for me, it's uh one Clyde Edwards Elaire another guy that people uh you know um were uh, over hyping last year, right? Everybody, I mean, he was he went last year like one hundred six, one hundred seven in fantasy drafts because of the Chiefs' offense, and as we know, that was. Kind of a mistake. I mean, he people talk about him, though, like he was a complete and utter failure last year. It just really wasn't the case. He just didn't meet expectation. Like, he didn't meet that, that you know, that RB1 status that we were looking for. People thought he was going to do. And it, that's not really his fucking fault, in my opinion. You know, like, that's just us overhyping the player. But he still wasn't yep. terrible. I mean, as a rookie, he still had 1,100 total yards in 13 games, uh, 66% opportunity share, 11% of the target share in that offense, 181 attempts. 803 rushing yards, five touchdowns, uh, 36 receptions, 297 receiving yards. He was 18th in routes run, 13.5 13.5 fantasy points per game, 304 yards, grade, which was 18th, and then 48 abated tackles, which was 17th, seventh and uh, yards per reception and 0.75 fantasy points per touch, which was a 91st. So overall, like it wasn't a terrible year for Clyde Edwards, Alaire. Like I, again, I, I know people are, are down on him as well. Like he's going like RB 15, RB 16. And right, right now in best ball. And I don't think it's going to go up that much because of all the other running backs here. I think people feel much better about cam makers. They feel much better about, you know, even guys, I like J.K. Dobbins and, you know, the other rookie running backs, DeAndre Swift, than they do with Clyde Edwards. I think that's a big mistake. Uh, Listen, year two in this offense, things that we have to remember is, one, these guys didn't get a training camp. These guys didn't get a mini, or excuse me, not a training camp, but a mini camp. They didn't get all this opportunities that most most players do come in and really learn this playbook. Like, they jumped in, they didn't get preseason, they had training camp, and then, boom, they jumped into the season, and so... I still think is there for everything that he is. I think that he can be a tremendous value moving forward. I think now he's going to become his value is going to be corrected. And you're going to be able to get him in late second, early third round of, of fantasy draft, and I think that's I think that's tremendous value. Again, I think he has RB one upside. Right now, they have no other running backs. They did not add anybody through free agency. They have Daryl Williams. They cut Damian Williams, and so it's kind of his offense uh, right now. And I think this offense takes a big step forward. We'll see what they do in the draft. I, th- you know, they really retooled this entire offensive line only really returning one or two of these guys. I mean, you're talking about, they went out and added um, Joe Thuny. They added, uh, they're still looking for their left tackle. They're probably going to have Lucas Niang, either right right tackle or left tackle. There's been talk about the possibility of bringing back Elvis or Eric Fisher or uh, Michael, Mitchell Schwartz. If, if they uh, show more, the ability to be healthy by the time training camp comes around. But, Overall, like he's gonna get a large workload. He's gonna see a lot of targets. I think you can see 70 targets this year for him this year. So I like him, you know, as a post-hype sleeper.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And he's actually coming in right behind uh Sanders in best ball tens ADP. Like I said, over the past two weeks, he's RB eighteen and just going one spot behind Miles has uh twenty-nine point five ADP and Miles was at twenty-eight point eight. So that that ADP is much more palatable than like you were talking about the the end of the first that he was getting you know he, he first round draft capital to the Chiefs then Damian Williams opts out and all of a sudden he goes from a, a third round pick all the way up to the first and that was uh th- those were lofty expectations for for him to meet in the first place but I I, I love that that mid th- mid third round ADP for for Clyde and if, if that's where he stays. I will be targeting him in the third round in every single draft that I'm in. Uh, someone else I'm going to be targeting another year two player. Like I said, we're going to be talking about a bunch of these guys. We should probably should, should have just made this a, a year two breakout show, um, but I'm going with Denzel Mims, wide receiver out of New York. Uh, it, I think uh, there was a, a a slight slight damper. On the uh, on the Mims mobile that was brought in with adding Corey Davis, but I don't think he's going to be playing second fiddle. But obviously, with you know, by not if Davis weren't wouldn't have been added to the offense, you're looking at a lot more v- volume for him. But like I said, it's, it's this isn't going to be a, a Davis is the clear one, and you know Mims is going to be the the clear two. I think it's more of like a one a one b situation, and something Mims brings to the table that they do not have in New York right now is someone, you know, that, that explosive home run threat kind of player, you know, you're looking at Jameson Crowder who, you know, who knows if he's going to be on the roster come, you know, come September. And then, you know, like I said, with, with Corey Davis, if, if for those who forgot this dude, Denzel Mims ran a sub 4440 at six three two oh seven. Last year at the at the actual combine, we're not talking you know juiced up pro day numbers. We're talking legit combine stuff. And for someone with with that size as well, a four three eight forty is you know absolutely ridiculous. I think that was like a ninety fourth percentile speed score or something like that. So, like I said, I, I think Davis is going to be more of you know, the the possession chain moving kind of receiver, and Mims is going to be that home run threat. But he can also operate and that short-to-intermediate range as well. Um, and then if, if you look at their quarterback situation, obviously they traded Darnold away. Right now all signs are pointing to Zach Wilson being the the pick at two there for the Jets. And if you look at Wilson last year and his breakout year with BYU, he completed nearly 67% of his passes 10 or more yards down the field and actually had his highest passer rating on throws that were 20-plus yards down the field at 131 so you know no matter who they bring in whether you know if, if something crazy happens and they go fields at two or something like I really don't think it's going to matter but it's looking like it's going to be Zach Wilson he's going to be an upgrade at that position and I think with you know bringing in the floor as well will be a will you know will be a nice pairing for for that offense as a as a whole so Denzel Mims year two breakout.
2: Yeah. I love that. Uh, you know, I, as we know, this is a Denzel Mims friendly podcast mm-hmm. and, um, I, I think the sky is kind of the limit for him, uh, right now. Um, I think that, uh, I, I know people are going to look at him and, and not be in love with this offense. They do. Have, still have some work to do. They definitely need a running back. They definitely need help along the offensive line. Uh, you know, Zach Wilson probably, you know, um, take a little time to develop, but, um, I think Denzel Mims was misused last year. I remember so many times last year, just waiting for him to kind of fully break out and that he would get a few targets here. And it, it, there was just never any consistency with him. And, you know, he didn't get to play, you know, a full 16 either. He only played nine games. So um, yeah. I do like Denzel Mims. And I think the sky is very high for him and somebody that uh, I think is a great, great uh, value. Probably later in draft. You could probably get him 12, 13th, 14th round. So um, for me, my next guy uh, is going to be Michael Pittman. This is keep it going. I guess you're right. We should have just called this the second year, wow. uh, the second year breakout. Um, But, you know, as we know, Michael Pittman coming into year two, uh, this offense is completely different now with Carson Wentz that they went out and traded for over the offseason. But uh, they did bring back T.Y. Hilton. I was a little upset about that. But I think that honestly, right now, I think all signs point to Michael Pittman being the number one wide receiver in this offense because, I mean, I don't think you can expect that anymore from T.Y. Hilton. We love Paris Campbell, but we've loved Paris Campbell forever now. It feels like he feels like the Eric Ebron of, uh, of this generation because that's how it was. Eric Ebron he's at the Lions like every year was like you wait man this is the year Eric Ebron's breaking out this year I remember talking about him all the time but we'll see if that ever happens for Paris Campbell but Michael Pittman has the makings to be an absolute monster in this offense um so, 13 games last year, only played 80% of the snaps, 13% target share, 40 receptions, 503 yards, only one touchdown. He only got 16.5% market share of the air yards, um, which was not good. 7.6 uh, fantasy points per game, 290 yards after contact though, which was or after the catch, which was 32nd among all wide receivers. 1.43 yards per route run, 8.6 yards per target, 1.65 fantasy points per target. There's a lot to like here with Michael Pittman. Big, physical. I think that he, like I said, is going to be the number one target for, for Carson Wentz. They don't really have a tight end. Um, would I be surprised if they added another wide receiver in this draft? No, I wouldn't because I don't think they can feel confident with a guy like T Y Hilton, um, long-term and adding another wide receiver. And you know, how, I don't know how they feel about, uh, somebody like, uh, Paris Campbell, who, you know, we like, and I think has a lot of upside, but if he can never stay on the field, so we'll see here, but I think Michael Pittman, especially at his ADP, I I think as another guy that I think that, uh, has for me i think could easily be a wide receiver two wide receiver three this year
1: yeah 100 and like you know like we were mentioning with a lot of these rookies just another year to to have to to acclimate you know after having a, that weird COVID off season that that we had last year i think will be huge huge for these guys and apparently they're already working together uh you know the the pass catchers and and when so you you know Something you expect, but obviously that you like seeing this early on in the process, especially after Pittman would not give up his uh, his number eleven to to Carson Wentz whenever <laughs> whenever he came in. So if you're looking for one of those narratives, there's there's one for you. Finally, I'm going to be touching on you know the last guy that I'm going to kind of go into depth here, uh, a year three guy. Finally, so you know sh- shaking things up here a little bit, and we are talking Big Herb. Smith, you know, with with Rudolph finally out of the way, Irv is going to be able to finally, you know, he's going to be free to spread his wings. Kev, like you like to say, it's time to let Irv swerve. And if we look at, you know, uh, Smith's splits with and without Rudolph. So in 25 career games with Rudolph active, Smith is only averaging five PPR points per game. But in the four games without Rudolph in the lineup, you know, we saw a couple of these last year whenever Rudolph was out. That goes all the way up to 13 points per game. And even with him, you know, in those four games, he's really only averaged 45 yards. But if you extrapolate that out to a 16-game season, and I I normally don't like doing this, but just to kind of give you guys an idea, because like 45 yards per game doesn't sound like a lot. But one, the bar for, you know, a tight end one is low to begin with. But two, just to kind of, like I said, to give you an idea of like what that might look like, he goes all the way up to 720, uh, 720 yards over a 16-game season. I know we're playing 17, but, um, you know, that, that those 700 yards would be more than his first two seasons combined. And, you know, just to, to throw out another reference point, Last year, uh, Hayden Hurst was a tight end one, and he only had 571 yards. So even if you know he's not averaging 45 per game over that entire duration of the season, he could still very, very easily end up with a tight end one season. He's going pretty late in drafts as well. It's kind of like we, you know, with Rudolph moving on, it's like we forgot about that news. It's become like old news, so he's getting buried. But he was another guy whenever he came out. Was, was, a, uh, was an athletic tight end. That's obviously something we're looking for. Ran a four six three forty at the combine, uh, 6'2", 242 pounds. And that uh, that four six three forty would have been an 87th percentile 40. So I really like Irv Smith as a, uh, as a late round tight end for you to target if you're not going to go after basically Waller, Kelsey, Kittle. And, you know, what I mean, like that that's after that kind of tier, I'm probably going to be punting and looking at some of these later guys. And Irv Smith is going to be the, you know, my my main target as far as that goes.
2: Yeah. Let, let him, let Irv swerve, baby. Let him swerve. Uh, I, I'm i all about Irv Smith life. Okay. I'm is. all about that. Love some Irv Smith. Finally, Kyle Rudolph is gone. Um, you know, hopefully now we can just get rid of Mike Zimmer and maybe just air it out a little bit more with Justin Jefferson and, and Kirk Cousins and company. So, but no, I, I love that pick. And we'll be talking about another tight end uh, here in a little bit that, that I like as well. But let's just jump on to the next one. Let's talk about LaVisca Chennault. Uh, I really thought about going with uh, DJ Chark, especially after the down year he had last year. But as we know, uh, it's not a secret that they're going to be taking Trevor Lawrence next week in the NFL draft massive upgrade over what they had last year with um, the quarterbacks they had there now. But um, listen, LaVisca Chenault's an absolute weapon, what they can do in the backfield uh, or what he can do here. Uh, He only played 66% of the snap, 15% target share. He had 58 receptions, 600 yards and five touchdowns, 518 total air yards, uh, averaged about 11.2 fantasy points per game. But the dude's an absolute weapon um, you can put him all over the field you want to line him up on the outside you want to put him you can put him in the backfield have him do some things there so I love LaVisca Chenault and I think this is a big big time breakout year for him I think this offense takes a big step forward this year the defense is still really bad there's not much you're going to be able to do to fix that so this is def- the team is going to have to throw the ball a ton uh, they have an uh, you know, above average offensive line it's better than what I think people think uh, that give it credit for but um, I do like this offense in the direction that they're heading with, with this team they have two first round picks and i would expect with that second one they are going to uh use that on uh probably defense um but we'll see here but i, I don't anticipate them investing a ton offensively james robinson coming back so i, I like that as well so um lavisca chennault is as uh, another guy that i'm going to be targeting heavily between him i'm gonna have a lot of him and i'm probably gonna have a lot of uh, dj chark as well because i think both them can bounce back big time
1: yeah, absolutely. And you know, with, with Urban Meyer coming there, think about, you know, what he has done with guys like Percy Harvin and Curtis Samuel, you know, whenever he was at Florida and Ohio State. And now you're taking someone who can do some of those similar things in terms of, you know, taking handoffs out of the backfield and, you know, being able to be utilized as a receiver, except you're adding 30, 35 pounds on onto that frame. So like I really hope that you know Chanel can stay healthy. And that he does get that that uh, you know Curtis Samuel Percy Harvin treatment where he's being used in those different ways because he he can absolutely do it. If you go back and watch his uh, college film, I mean you're talking about Wildcat tight end, you know, offset in the you know and the backfield. He he did a lot in that offense. So that's uh, I, I'm really looking forward to to seeing what uh, what Urban does with him.
2: Adam Troutman, I like Adam Troutman a lot, and he is going very, very late. I think he's somebody that you can kind of look at in the same vein as you look at Irv Smith. Um, Jared Cook is gone from this offense. We talked about the little pass catchers they have in New Orleans, and so um, I like Adam Troutman uh, quite a bit. I think that his athletic profile um, is solid, and I think that he's certainly going to be the number one tight end in this offense unless they do something ridiculous and take like a Pat Fryermuth or Hunter Long or something like that in the draft. I don't see why they would do that when they have Troutman. So uh Troutman's probably going to be the starting tight end for this offense. And he very well could be the number two guy in targets here. He's going to be somebody they're going to look for in the red zone. So, you know, I, I think among all the pass catchers, you know, I, I like Adam Troutman and he's going ridiculously late and you probably could get even once we get to August, probably somebody you're gonna be able to get 12, 13th round.
1: Yeah, just pulled up his ADP tight end twenty three ADP of one seventy point four.
2: Yeah, I'm about that live.
1: Yeah, like you said, obviously uh, too. Depending on um, what they end up doing in terms of their draft, and you know what kind of pass catchers they they add or do not add, or how early they they end up doing it, um, I, I I like I like Troutman. You know, b- beforehand. You told me that you were going to be adding a tight end to the list, and I had a sneaky feeling it was going to be uh, going to be Troutman. Or you know, a little little surprise. You didn't talk about Dan Arnold.
2: Hey, Dan Arnold. Hey, if if Dan Arnold doesn't go to the Panthers and he's the starting tight end for the Carolina Panthers, we're going to get Darnold to Arnold, and I am here for that.
1: Kev, are there any? Other names, you just want to throw a quick rapid fire here at the end for for some breakouts as we we wrap things up. I don't have any other ones. You know, I, I do think if Chase Edmonds survives the draft, he could be a guy to look into. I know he's going to get pushed down with, a, with the signing of James Conner. I, I don't really think that that I, – I think that's a win for Edmonds. So I think if he can survive the draft and they don't spend, you know, day two capital on a running back – I do like Edmonds, but I, I really don't have anything else to add in here. So who you got?
2: Yeah, I was gonna finish up with a quarterback, Baker Mayfield, right? You know, going, you know, kind of that late round quarterback that you can take. Really started to really uh come on the second half of last year, kind of went into that playoff run as well, did so without Odell Beckham in this offense and you know, he, he was pretty solid last year, 3,500 yards, 26 passing touchdowns. He was 14th in deep ball attempts, top 10 and deep ball completion percentage, or sixth in deep ball completion percentage, 15.6 fantasy points per game. Not great. But, you know, if you look over the final, you know, from week 12 on, he's he scored 18.4, 28.5, 29, 21, and 16.2 um, over that stretch. He had that terrible game against the Jets, we're only at eight. But, listen, like, The only thing I hate about Baker Mayfield, he doesn't really offer a whole lot in terms of his his running ability. I think he had like 164 total running yards, uh, rushing yards last year. I'm much more of a guy that give me a guy that can you know has that upside in terms of using his legs. But you know, a guy like it would be like Jalen Hurts, right? But Jalen Hurts is going to get pushed into the top. He's going to be a top nine to 10 fantasy quarterback drafted this year. The hype chain is going to get going on him. And so unfortunately, he's not really going to be a a late round guy that you're going to be able to rely on. But I do kind of like Baker Mayfield. Odell will be back. Jarvis Landry. I 100% believe that they're probably going to take a wide receiver. This team is so stacked. With the Cleveland Browns, that I think they could go best player available at 26 whenever they pick. I wouldn't be surprised if they took a Terrace Marshall or they took a, uh, or waited until the second round and took Elijah Moore to go into the slot, something like that, because both Odell and Jarvis Landry are both turned 29 years old this year. They're not young. I do think Donovan Peoples-Jones is kind of an interesting guy, but they did not have any draft capital on him. He was a six-round pick, so flashed a little bit last year. But they definitely need to add another playmaker, I think, into this offense, especially with Odell Beckham continually getting hurt every year. So I like Baker as kind of that late-round guy that you can get, um, especially in a two-quarterback league. But, you know, if you're wanting to wait on, on uh, a quarterback, I think Baker makes a little bit of sense.
1: Yeah, I like Baker there. And I think um, you know, I don't know if I would draft him as my QB one, but Tua I think has been has been kind of, you know, thrown to the garbage pile a little too early. So I I do like Tua to kind of to to show more of what we kind of expected from him. That is going to wrap things up, man. We we really appreciate you guys. Uh this this was a lot of fun tonight getting back in the seat with Kev going live and having you guys just light up the chat and you know this if, if we were just to record this on our own we would have been done an hour ago but it's the uh it is the you know getting to talk to all of you guys that, that makes this a lot of fun for us so uh, like I said live draft show next week uh, Tom and I are going to be going live again on Saturday night going to be talking some NFL draft props for you guys to look at if, uh, if those are available in your state so like I said, I appreciate all you guys. Check us out on Twitter. We're gonna be upping our TikTok game a little bit. If you guys are on TikTok, head over there and hit us with a follow on there. And you can also get us on Instagram. If you guys ever have any questions, drop it here in the YouTube chat, or you can hit us up on any of those other platforms. So we'll talk to all you guys soon. Keep your eyes on, uh, keep your eyes for some uh, more content coming out, and uh, that'll be it. Walido, you're the man. Bye.